Hi Katrina, good to see you again. Hi Alan. Could you quickly introduce yourself to everybody, yes. those that don't know you? They don't know me? That's not possible. Just kidding. Um, I'm Katrina Collier. I am a social recruiting trainer and candidate engagement is something I talk about a lot and train on a lot. Um, and I'm also the founder of Disrupt HR London. And currently I'm excited because I'm writing a book called The Robot Proof Recruiter. It's ah. a step into a new territory for me. So tell me more, what is a robot proof recruiter? Well, I am a big believer that recruiters are using technology to spam. And if they keep doing that, they are going to get replaced by the technology instead of using the technology to improve the way they're doing things. So I just have this fundamental belief that if a recruiter looks like a recruiter worth talking to, the company looks worth talking to, is worthy of someone's time. Of course, they sort the reviews out because, of course, it's very review-centric these days. And then they do great candidate engagement, so that outreach piece and follow-up. Then they become robot-proof. So it's using the technology to like make themselves be more human. Okay, so going back a couple of steps, you talked mm. about a recruiter looking like a recruiter worth talking to. Yeah. What does that mean? It might sound really strange, but there are recruiters out there, including like heads of talent, who say have a profile picture that's a panda. And that's a true story. And I know someone who very nearly, brilliant saucer, didn't start working for that company because she thought, well, the head of talent doesn't take LinkedIn seriously. So it's filling out your LinkedIn profiles, looking approachable. Some people look quite angry. Showing that you're an expert in your field. People don't want their time wasted. So say you're a developer, you're highly sought after, five job vacancies for every developer here in London. You know, they want to know you know your stuff before they invest any time in you. So they're looking at you. So what do they find on LinkedIn or Twitter if you're using it, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you're hanging out? So look approachable, look knowledgeable. This is a kind of thin line between being approachable and, and going towards perhaps being a bit, little bit too corporate and being human? Yeah, I, I think most of the profiles are too corporate. I think they should relax and really give somebody something to talk to. You know, if you think about when you go into a conference or you walk into a bar, you don't just start off straight away with, oh, hey, what do you do? And you, don't, you start talking about the weather or, you know, what drink do you want or whatever it might be. It's giving that to someone. So, you know, you see my profile, there's dogs everywhere. So it's really easy to go, oh, I love your dogs. Or, you know, I've got one. And you start this conversation that's around something personal normally. So that's, I think it, they all need an injection of some, I don't know, personality, mm. <laughs> some human. I guess it comes down then to that differentiating piece between one recruiter and another. Yeah. So what else can recruiters do to make themselves stand out? Um, definitely show that they know their stuff. So I was talking to a recruiter last week and she was talking about going to a PHP meetup, for example. And I was saying, look, the last thing those developers want is a recruiter in the room. So go in and learn and be willing to learn and ask great questions and take on that knowledge and then share that knowledge. You know, share the blog posts that you're reading, retweet people's stuff um, and just show that you have an understanding of what somebody does, particularly, you know, if you, it's great for recruitment agents in verticals, for example, it's very easy for them, but the corporates can do it as well. The more understanding they have about their industry, just sharing that kind of information. And I guess it's, it's understanding with it's actually interest as well, isn't it, as yeah. much as anything. You're not going to expect a recruiter to become a PHP developer overnight, no. but actually sharing that willing and that desire to understand is almost as important as really understanding it. Yeah. And also, I think the best recruiters go and sit with their business anyway. Um, so it was the joy of writing this book. I'm going to talk to so many people. Um, Maisha Cannon in the US is a big fan of that. You know, go and sit with the people that you're recruiting. And then, of course, you understand more about what they're doing. So therefore, you can talk about it more. And therefore, people will understand, OK, you're not a developer. 
but you do at least have some understanding of what they're actually doing and therefore you can share the projects as well. Exactly. Well, to a point. Obviously, if they're not confidential. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we talked about the same for companies. Yeah. So in terms of them looking more approachable yeah. and standing out, what can a company do to make sure they're represented properly online and I, elsewhere? Genuinely, Google them. Google yourself, because most people do go to Google to find out anything. How do you look? You know, are you again too corporate, too stuffy? Um, you don't have to be hipster and cool. You know, if you haven't got the open plan office and the swings and the grass on the ground, <laughs> don't pretend you do. But just let people in. People want to see information again before they reply or apply to a position. What's it really like? And then hear from their peers. So I love what ThoughtWorks is doing. Um, they've got some brilliant stuff. They've got a career hack section in their blog, which is useful for everybody. It's useful for their clients. It's useful for their own staff. Um, and they share, I mean, actually one of the best ones is um, Technology Saved My Life. And it's written by a chance Drent transgender, happens to be Australian, and he's just talking about how he found his community on Twitter and then how accepted he was at ThoughtWorks. So it's very genuine peer-to-peer -peer information, but showing the inclusivity piece, not just doing the, oh, here's a picture of us and what we apparently look like. It's genuinely what they're like. So the blogging, um, I love Instagram, you know, hashtags on Instagram. So, for example, Life at CA for CA Technologies or Reward Gateway have fun, uh, RG Fun. And so you can go in and you can see what it is like inside. So kind of that buzzword of authenticity. But it actually means something, doesn't it? If you actually drill down to it, it's about representing your true self yeah. rather than some shiny version of yourself that isn't accurate. Yeah. I find it quite tough because it is my highest value. And I hate the way it's become like, oh, God, you can't say authenticity. <laughs> but it's funny because people who do have it as a high value will immediately know when someone's lying as yeah. well. I'm like, Argh. But yes, it needs to be really genuine. So take Zalando in Germany. Their product design team writes on Medium. And so, again, it, they've just done that. And they've just started talking about their journey and what they've learned and how they've grown within the business. Um, and then others are talking about how they've created their own job opportunities. It's very real. It is that authentic. It comes from the employee, the individual, rather than yeah. from the central controlling corporate yeah, regime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because nobody wants any of that. Nobody believes the, the polished PR. Try not to swear. <laughs> <laughs> Starts um, with a B. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we've got the kind of outreach to, to kind of yeah. passive candidates mm. um, and hoping to pull them in through content yeah. and through engaging profiles and representing the mm. company in the right way. What about for those really hard to find candidates? So you know, yeah. going back to some of the, the sourcing mechanics, you, which people have done it for years, like yeah. you, like, well, that's easy, you do this, this and this. But some people are coming into new spaces where mm -hmm. perhaps they're going after those kind of unicorns, as people call them, yeah. or those kind of purple squirrels, which I kind of hate that term. Yeah. What, um, what kind of tips would you give somebody sourcing that really hard to find talent? Well, obviously, I'm going to say go and learn how to do it because yeah. it's just you're going to save yourself a ton of time. It'd be really silly of me not to say that when that's what I teach. But actually, I do think all of that information is there. You know, it can be found. You can go to YouTube and find out how to look for people. And that's part of the problem. So those people with those highly sought after skills can be found and are being spammed. So you have to be genuinely unique in your approach. Um, so it's a case of not only finding them, find out what their interests are and then use that in the outreach. So uh, for example, uh, Angie Veros, huge Duran Duran fan. And okay, she's middle she's a recruiter, she's not a developer, but 
she received a message in someone trying to recruit her and they used all the words from Duran Duran. So of course they got her attention. So it's, it's that kind of stuff. What can you find? You know, oh, okay, Katrina's got dogs. Let's not talk to her about the creche. Let's talk to the dog, talk to her about the dog to work policy you know, or the pets at work policy. It's because that'll get my attention. So it's making the extra effort to find out the extra information. That to me is more important than the latest whiz bang tool to find somebody's email address. So that personalization piece. Yeah. And um, yeah. I guess on a kind of almost one-to-one -one basis when you're going after those hard to find candidates yeah. where there are, there's not many of them, so you yeah. might only be trying to approach four or five, that, mm. that works really well. Yeah. What about on a kind of scaled up version of that? So you know there's plenty of candidates out there, yeah. but you want to approach them in a personalized way. Is there any way of doing that at scale? I think it's really thinking through your templates because you're going to have to use them, aren't you? Um, I, I mean, obviously, I love this tool that we've been talking about with that Click IQ, with that ability to do the pay-per-click right in their feed and grab their attention that way. Because yeah. obviously, you can do that at scale as well. Um, but I love that because, in a way, it's quite personalised because you can go after their interests. Um, I mean, I tend to do much more in the highly sought after, so I'm not such an expert in the high volume, if that makes sense. Um, but I just think, at the bare minimum, using somebody's name you know, high first name, comma, enter, and then try it. And if you're going to use a template, try and have something personal in there, not just... At least try it. That's <laughs> the key yeah, phrase there, and isn't there? Yeah, and also the word <coughs> you, and then also, I mean, just the basics, if you are going mass, don't ask someone about one job immediately, because if you approach me and say, Katrina, do you want a job? I'm going to go, no. But would you be open to a career in our company? What are you planning to do next? Or you know, which direction would you like to take your career is a different conversation. I'll go, uh, actually, I don't know. Let's talk about that. You know, rather than, do you want a job? And if I'm not currently looking right there and then, I'll say no. So it could be something around that. Again, not so much in my area of expertise. I'm much more the little, un those, what did you call them? Pebble squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> the unicorns. I know candidate experience is, is something you're passionate about. How important is it that an organisation gets candidate experience right? Very. I mean, I can't emphasize it enough. It kind of amuses me at the same time because if you talk to a lot of companies, they're like, oh, nobody takes reviews seriously. And you're like, really? You don't look at reviews when you're booking a holiday? Your Airbnb? Did it say anything about the low ceiling? You mightn't have booked it if you'd realized that. Like, people read reviews um, all the time. And we also make an executive decision. We'll go, oh, okay, my Amazon review got a one star because it you know, got dented in the post. Like, come on, you know, the product worked fine. So people go, People also read those when it comes to what's the company like to work in and also what's it like in the recruitment process. So you can do an x-ray search of Glassdoor interviews. So site colon glassdoor.com say slash interviews. Never heard back. It's my favorite one to look up. And there are so many people complaining about their experience, getting ghosted by recruiters, having you know their time that they've gone and given to that company just not worth anything. No one even bothering to go back and say, hey, you didn't get a job, we're sorry. Not giving them that certainty. And then that impacts because you then see how many people like that review and go, oh, well, I read that. Wow, Alan had such a bad experience that, that in that interview. I'm not going to interview there. Why should I? Why should I give them my time? So I do think they're important. So assuming most people also agree that mm. candidate experience is important, what things can we do to improve the candidate experience? You know, from upfront, people perhaps looking at potentially applying, yeah. but then actually once they're in the recruitment process, what can we do? Well, certainly more of that presentation, like I said, look like a company worth talking to. You need to address your reviews. 
so make sure you reply um, and just say thank people for their time at a bare minimum and get them off so the whole idea is that you know email me at Katrina at get them off social media and into your inbox or onto a call so you've got to certainly address all of that and then it's the actual process you know why do we all love our sat nav it tells us exactly when we're going to arrive somewhere you know like I was saying when I'm um, the phone app uh, for the trains, it told me exactly when my train was going to arrive, when they were all completely screwed up, I could see where it was. That certainty, that clarity, that com you know, communication piece, that's what people want in the interview process. So the more you can use technology to help them do that, and that's when I definitely think you should get it involved, the better it is for you. You know, allow them to schedule their own interviews, keep them appraised of where they are in the process, um, especially the referrers of people because obviously employee referrals are so important. And again, you can find reviews that say, oh, it was an employee review, uh, sorry, a employee referral into the company. And I never got feedback from my interview. And you're just going, oh my goodness, what are we doing? Crazy. So provide that. That just, I mean, you just think about what would I want? I'd want clear communication. I want to know where I was. If it's done, fine, tell me it's done. Then I can move on. So it's that closure piece, really. It's not necessarily it's war and peace in terms of feedback. It's no. yes, no sometimes. Yeah. It's almost enough. You've so, replied, well done. You've been successful. Yeah, next stage. Exactly. Thank you. You haven't been successful. Yeah. Good luck next time. But even the whole you, that you receive the application, people spend, can spend one to two hours per application. You know, a lot of people think, oh, people just apply so quickly. Well, do they? Mm. I don't know. I think most people take some time, adjust their CV, make sure that they're looking their best and then apply. So I do think at least some recognition, you know, wouldn't go astray. Um, you spoke there mm. about people adjusting their CV for a particular mm -hmm. particular role. Yep. Um, we've got more and more matching tools now that yeah. match a CV to a, an opportunity. Mm. Um, do you think they're a good thing? And... <sighs> Can they make a positive impact on the recruitment process? They should do. But, I mean, as we've just seen, of course, with Amazon and the bias, um, we are still basing all of our recruitment, no matter what, we're basing it on someone's ability to write a CV or a resume, if you want to call it that, or a profile. You know, you be it LinkedIn or be it somewhere else. We're relying on that. And it's a really hard thing to write. Um, I had an example recently, a HR director, I mean, you think in that department they'd understand how important a resume is, wasn't getting work and I sent him a message and said, give me a call. And I went through his LinkedIn profile because I figured his CV would be the same and he had no achievements on there. He, he it's cluttered it all up, it just didn't make sense and I'm going, this is how a recruiter reads these and this is why you're not getting an opportunity. So my concern with all of the tools is who are you missing? because it's really hard to write that CV. So I think we have a way to go. Can they help you? Yes, they will save you time, but I will always be concerned about who you're missing. So talk to me about candidate ghosting. What is it? Well, the candidate's getting their own back. So for years, recruiters have been ghosting, as in disappearing on candidates, but now it's their market. So I was talking about developers, five job vacancies per, de per developer. So they don't need to reply. But you know, it's the same, particularly since the impact of Brexit with things like nurses. There are so many job vacancies for nurses that they don't need to reply. So sometimes, because they can find recruiters quite intimidating, they just stop replying. They just hide behind technology themselves. Mm. Um, but I do think that recruiters themselves need to get more buy-in from the candidate the whole way through the process. So don't be pushy because the you know, people become uncomfortable and will hide from that. But be helpful and be genu genuine. You were talking about authentic earlier. Um, consider it. 
you know, show them where they are in the process. But also be excited about the opportunity, which means, again, you need to go and talk to the business so that you definitely know exactly what they're coming in to do and what the project is and what problem they're going to solve. You know, really, they're not there for the paycheck. They're there to solve the problem, as Steve Levy would say. So what is that? And use that information to get people's buy-in, and then they're going to be less likely to disappear to Candidate Ghost. But it is their market. It is no longer our market as recruiters, so they must remember that. So a recruiter needs to give the care to the candidate that they probably expect in return and kind of boiling it yeah. down. How would you want to be treated? Yeah. I think there's still this kind of arrogance. Well, I have a job. Of course you want to work here. Well, no. And, and that's very, very different from when I started out in my career when you went to the Sunday paper and there was a tiny little advertisement and you didn't know if there was one job or a thousand, how many people had applied. There was no transparency. Mm. Now the world's transparent. You know, type in recruiter jobs London, there's probably a million. If you treat me badly, I'm out of here. It's as simple as that. I don't have to work for you. And that's how people feel. And because there are so many jobs, they can do that. And of course, you know, with Brexit coming, we are making it more difficult for ourselves. We're very reliant on a lot of Europeans coming to work here for many positions. And it's going to be very, very different. They're not wanting to come. People are leaving already. Um, you've got technology moving out as well, um, out into Europe. So it's like we're making it even harder. So again, it's all about that wooing, getting people bought in. You know, treat them as you would want to be treated, if not better. And um, on the flip side of that, recruiter ghosting still happens. Recruiters ghosting yeah. candidates? Yeah. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Um, I mean, I was, I was a little bit naughty because I did call them out on it, but there was a sourcer from Twitter. He militias in the engineering area complaining that uh, a candidate had ghosted her. So I actually took, because it happens to be my favourite Glassdoor review, <laughs> that um, is from a recruiter. So she'd gone for a recruitment administrator role and she wrote, I got ghosted in block letters. And she uses Streak, the, the software that shows whether your emails have been yep. opened or not. So the tracking software. And she said, I could see after all these interviews and I sent my thank you emails that they were opening up these emails and not replying. So I put that review underneath and just said, look, basically... You know, this is a recruiter to recruiters. We're not even treating our peers well. But go to the engineering reviews as well. You'll also find them there. So you guys are ghosting. So that's why your candidates are ghosting. So it's like, be respectful, be human. You know, use the technology to assist. And I guess even if a recruiter is doing everything properly, there's always yeah. still a risk of ghosting because yeah. of that supply and demand thing. Yeah. There's lots of devs and not many opportunities. Exactly. There's always a risk of it. Yeah. And... Occasionally it's going to happen because someone just doesn't want to feed back to you. I took, I took something else, you know, but I still think the more considerate you are and, the, and just the lovelier you are, the less it will happen. Just be genuine all the way through, but not too pushy. And I think there's a bit of fear of that pushy recruiter. And I guess recruiters are often under pressure time-wise, so that pushiness comes through. Yeah. But it manifests itself in a, in a negative way. Yeah. And I do think as well, um, the other element, of course, is the hiring managers and who else is involved in the process. So you're going to get more candidates ghosting, as in like taking out the job opportunity as well, if you're too slow. So from that initial intake session, making sure that you've got the buy-in of the hiring manager to be timely and who's involved in the process. Have we got too many steps? Are we taking too long? You know, really cutting it down. And then really, do we really understand what the role's about? so that we don't waste people's time as well. I think that all also has to come into it. There's more accountability back up the line because it isn't just the recruiter, of course. 
So beyond, that's a really good point. So beyond that, that ghosting piece and mm. the lack of information as a candidate moves through a recruitment yeah. process, what else frustrates them? Crap hiring managers, <laughs> like really poor interviews. Um, I do think there needs to be a lot more training in that, um, in difficult conversations and in interviews. Um, sometimes, again, going back to that arrogance. So I did a piece of work, actually I won't say their name because that would be dreadful, wouldn't I? Um, but for, a, I mean, they are a brilliant company, absolutely gorgeous. And you would know them because they're a household name. Um, but the hiring managers are so in their bubble, yet they all get approached at least weekly for a role in, because they're all in tech. But they didn't kind of think that therefore so would the candidates in front of them. So they were being quite arrogant and being just like, well, you know, surely, you know, they want our job. Well, no, they don't because they've got five other opportunities mm -hmm. going on, just like you're getting them in your inbox. So they just needed a bit more awareness of all of that. So that's where a recruiter can educate them on what the market's genuinely like and get, therefore get them more bought into the process. But also the more time that they spend with the recruiters as well, the better candidates they'll get in front of them. So The hiring managers with the recruiters, absolutely. Yeah, and they don't tend to do that, which is quite hilarious. What about the number of kind of interview steps that a candidate has to go through? What are your thoughts around how many there should be or how few? Personally? Yeah. <laughs> a couple? Yeah. Really? I, I think you know by then. If you don't, there's something wrong. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just lucky. Um, when I've worked in-house, it has only been one or two. It's not been... So I've done the initial screen and then got them in front of the hiring manager and there's been one or two after that. Because you hear Which horror stories, don't you? Yeah. Some organisations have five, six, seven steps. Interviews, assessments, panel interviews, group exercises. It does seem a, a bit much. I mean, maybe you could do a couple and then have them to drinks just to really do, to see mm. how they interact with the team. Um, but of course, there's all the technology, isn't there? So, I mean, some of my favorite ones is um, Tradeify, where you just literally pick pictures and that's it, it takes two minutes. And it shocked me because it described me perfectly. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, odd mix of human. <laughs> so I was like, wow, I'm impressed with this. So maybe use some of those tools as well, but I don't think anybody should have to invest that many interviews in a company. The longer you take to make a decision, the more likely you are to lose the candidate as well. Absolutely. And then they're going to go and write a review, <laughs> a review and they don't get feedback after six interviews. So it's a vicious circle. I don't know. How many you, do you think it should be? I think you're right. Two or three, max. Oh, max. Absolutely. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> this is Katrina. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. Really appreciate well. your time. It's great to see you, you again. Too. And thank you for your contribution. Thank you.